Transient Mike Four Track Series. All right, so welcome to Transient Mike Four Track Series. We have a special guest, of course. They're always special when we're here, but uh, I like to introduce this gentleman here with us. He's as Austin's hardest working musician, and I do mean that sincerely because he is out there all the time. Craig Marshall's here with us joining us, singer-songwriter, guitarist, former member of the Lucky Strike. Well, still a member of the Lucky Strikes and and all around Present. good guy. Yeah. Present accounted for. So so welcome, yeah. welcome to our series. Yeah. We're really uh, good to be here. Hap- happy to have you because we, you know, your your song style, especially with your solo work, you're really doing some good creative stuff that we'd like to share with with our audience and and highlight you because, like I said, you are sort of an Austin figure after coming, you know, from Syracuse, New York. And when did you move here? How long ago was that? Mm, Twenty six or something years ago, like early nineties. Early nineties. So yeah. So the, it's been. Would you agree with that? Do you, do you think you're Austin's hardest working musician? I don't know about that, but um, maybe um, in a way because I I'm a front person, like I'm the solo artist. You know, I'm I'm playing, but also booking everything for both bands. So it becomes. And you're a, doing PR. You're doing. You're scheduling. It becomes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I you know there are probably <clears throat> side men that technically work. Like they're doing like a studio session and a gig every night, you know? So you could say maybe they're the, from just a pure hours measure, but as far as me booking my projects, it seems like, yeah, that I might be a... If there's an open mic there, you're there. If there's a performance, yeah. you're there. You're booking your own stuff. You're doing your own publicity. And and again, that's that's to be admired. So like I said, yeah. it's a point oh, of contention, thanks, but I, I think I think it holds water. And, and folks who yeah. do know you know that you are present all around for being here for such a long time and making yeah. Austin your home now. I can say that I've played maybe more physical, like more places than maybe anybody, yeah. you know, or as, as far as a artist. And you've seen you know, these venues come and go. That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I, but I've played like, you know, between the two different uh, bands and, you know, private gigs and everything. I mean, it's just, it's been a lot of um, different places. <laughs> and you're saying now when you were in Syracuse, you had you had a band there from at a young age, right? You were... Yeah, out of college, <clears throat> um, you know, formed early on with my brothers and grew up playing, um, you know, writing songs and then started... Do you remember how old you were when you wrote your first song? Oh, man. I mean, I wrote as a child, you know, like growing up was like, I don't know, when I was 12 or something, but, or younger maybe. That's awesome. But then, you know, not, not real serious until high school, you know. And was that for, you know, like most guys to to get the girlfriend? Well, I was, you know, I wanted to play rock and roll. Yeah. You know, I wanted to play in a band, but it was always about, you know, writing songs before I could barely play guitar. Well, that's cool, I mean, and that's but, what we're doing today. I mean, we, we, we're featuring a song uh, from you called Sometimes the Rain. Cool. Uh, and I think uh, the way I understand it, this is, this is a completely new song that you've been working on, maybe some, for some demos that you want to try to shop out and as, as something you can you know, put out there for country performers. Is that right? Or tell me a little bit about Sometimes the Rain while we set it up and we'll play it, play it for the folks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of my newest songs. I've been playing it out live and, um, you know, sounds good with the band and um it's gotten some attention just just from playing it um you know at gigs and stuff and then i played it for some industry folks last month that were here for a a songwriter conference from mostly nashville guys 
that do publishing, some friends of mine that I've worked with, you know, in the past a little bit, but they, they're always wanting to hear my new stuff. So I played that and a few others, and they're like, that's a strong one. That's good. Well, let, we, let's, should, we should uh, get a copy. So well, That's a good segue. Let's go ahead and, and, cool. and talk about these, these conversations we have, the publishers, and let's, let's listen to the song, and we'll come back and cool. talk about it. You got it. Looking for the daylight Heading down the road somewhere Maybe you can join me I won't complain Water in the sky now Just when the clouds will break Sometimes a rainbow Sometimes the rain There could be a downpour Weather in the storms of life When we're together The joy and the pain Given the prediction Wishing I could always tell But sometimes a rainbow Sometimes the rain Like the rays of love And the sun above Through the prism of time Time Hoping the colors will shine isn't it a mystery Knowing when the sun breaks through The middle of a dark cloud I can't explain Maybe we're no different Just like a change of heart Sometimes a rainbow Sometimes the rain Ooh.
All right, so that that was a song. Sometimes the rain, very very beautiful rendition of, of a new song that you're working on. I think you know, having listened to to some of your other albums and you know, kind of listening and, and thinking about what you know, what were we going to talk about? There was a, a myriad of, of instruments that you used on that accordions and keyboards, and I mean, when you strip it down to what you have here and that just the melodies and the harmonies it's it's just such a beautiful song i thanks. really really did enjoy it thanks for having me uh, in the record with jeremy fowler yeah that's <laughs> the thing jeremy did a great job too he actually got to to sing harmonies and yeah and make, make he'll be on my new uh studio record too awesome singing some harmonies so well let's talk about yeah. that song let's start to dissect it a little bit uh you know sometimes the rain sometimes a rainbow right <laughs> and you elected to just title it sometimes the rain it just sounds better right that's the first yeah it sounds design. a little better but i mean the other way is a little long <laughs> sometimes <laughs> but, the rainbow sometimes that's a, <laughs> well you could have said sometimes the rainbow like half empty half, half right full. right yeah. yeah yeah and uh but i like that because there there is that that hook to come back to it because especially this last week that we've been like I said, I've been driving around listening to this music and, and getting it into my head, and, and it has been cloudy. It's been cloudy and dreary and kind of February weather, right? right? And, then, and then there's a, a patch of sunlight coming through that cloud, yeah. silver lining. You never know. Yeah, and that's, that's a wonderful yeah. thing. That's what I mean. I, I think yeah. we've all been there. And, and <clears throat> so the first thing I wanted to say about that was that, you know, as I listen to your catalog, and, and I think that the re reoccurring themes that I find – and your solo work, they have to do with either relationships or broken dreams, or in this case, the silver lining, rays of hope, rays of love, as you say in, in the in the song. So um, I don't know how personal you want to get, but are there specific instances that you're drawing on to to get to the heart of these songs, or you know, make up these scenarios to fit the narrative of the song? I mean, song? I think I probably draw from experience, but I don't, not specific experience i guess but you do you, know do you agree with that, that those themes are kind of they run yeah out? i like those themes those kind of universal you know life moments themes um that everybody can kind of relate to because mm -hmm. i like a little bit of hope in my heartbreak songs or my um you know sad songs i guess i like to balance it out with a little bit of hope sometimes and that's sometimes it's just a song that's just a straight up you know country whatever angry or heartbreak but that's that's but, sort of uh, the, the the basis of country music in general too i mean you, yeah, you have to speak kind of classic country so in that, in that regard you know because again what also lends this song to what i think makes it so wonderful is again it's stripped down to your vocals and this guitar so i wanted to talk about that because the timbre of your guitar actually has a great voice it really just balances everything out uh under your yeah. voice which we, i want to get into as well but tell me tell me about your guitar first um yeah it's it's become my, you know, foundation for what I... Um, what, what, what kind is it? Speak. It's a Gibson... It's a, yeah, it's an old Gibson J50, 65. So it's, you know, been played a lot. I mean, I've had it um, at least 16, 17 years, something like that. I mean... So, and I've played a billion gigs on it, so it definitely gets played. Um, but it already sounded good when I got it. You know, I like that Gibson low end that it has. Um... It's got a piano-like quality, you know, that where the notes speak and the and the bass, the resonance, I guess. Did you use that in in the, your uh, your other band too, with the Lucky Strikes as well? No, no, no. 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 I, I, I used some cool old jazz guitars yeah, yeah. in that band. How did you find it? That was the other thing. eBay, oh, eBay, yeah, right? back, way back, back when. Back when you could still 
sort of get a deal on eBay. I mean, and, man. Know, it was like a risk a little bit. Now, but, see, I geek out. With, I remember those days. Now, do you yeah. remember where it was coming from when you bought it? I used to always say, like, this is from Arizona or California. I forget where it was, but um, <laughs> the origins. But the reason why I say that is because you, you've played it, you've made yeah. it your own. It's an instrument yeah. that speaks and supports you, yeah. like vocally, right? And I mean, you think about Willie Nelson, and he's got trigger, and he and he he refuses to play anything else, right? I mean, right. I think that it yeah, it's become sort of my voice um, for sure. Yeah, that low end, like you said, when you said yeah. piano quality, I get it. That that told, yeah. that's what I was trying to say when I was describing it. Yeah, I like a, a more. Well, I grew up playing piano first, so that might. May, might have something to do with it, but I've always liked piano-like voicings and um, the way um, chords are defined uh, on the piano that are sometimes lost on acoustic on a, on, on a guitar. And when you start when you start um, recording, or do you start with the guitar? Or do you yeah, play piano? Yeah. I've been lately in my last uh, three records. I've been going in and just you know. Like we did here, just laying down a acoustic guitar and I'd, then start with that and then go from there and build it. And it seems to work because um, I, I kind of define a lot of the moments of the of the song with my guitar part. Yeah, as far as the arrangement. I think, and that rings so, that rings clear here, and and that's I think the the, the piano like quality is is definitely a good way to say it. I, I want to kind of get into the voice too because. Uh, I think that your style of vocal that you use is, uh, you know, unique in the way you marry it with the guitar. There's there's definitely this uh, fluctuation that you have to it, and I know that it gives it a certain quality. Even in hearing you speak right here, I mean, right now on the podcast, I mean, it's right. it's uniquely yours. And and I wonder, is that something that it's always been there? Because when you compare it to the to the Lucky Strikes, for those of th those listeners who don't know, it was more of a jazz no, i wouldn't say lounge jazz vocal right. band that you yeah. a, tr a trio right that you had um, right and we still play yeah. um trios and bigger bands and so you're you're, yeah. you're using a totally different voice yeah for that. it's more of a crooner style do you warm up your voice do you do vocal exercises what do you do to to do to get oh, that yeah style? i try to exercise it as much as i can i mean i'm i'm still sort of recovering from a vocal injury so it's not perfect um so it takes a lot of work <laughs> yeah how, how long so, do you have to to warm it up i mean i mean just constantly <laughs> whatever works for you right i mean but you know is that something yeah. you encourage vocal exercises and oh yeah it's always a good idea but um yeah i've always had the di the two different approaches to singing i've read some stuff uh on the chronicle about you and that, those kind of write-ups but what has been said of your voice? What kind of feedback do you get about your voice? What do, what do the listeners think? Um, usually heartfelt, I guess, whether that's just because... Uh, yeah, there, I mean, it is, it is heartfelt. But if you visualize you performing, if I had to describe you to the audience, I mean, I can feel the energy and the, the, the rawness that you're trying to bring to it, but not like yeah. it's so raw that it doesn't work. It works. Right. It works great. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to convey the song. Well, so whatever that is, it's like I... I'm just singing notes. Yeah. You know, in words. That's well, it. It's, so. it's, it's working to get you that, like I said, your persona or that stage presence that you have. And I wanted to talk to, let's backtrack a little bit in, in, in regards to the song because let's tie it into to that performance you gave with Sometimes the Rain. You said you were recording that because there was an industry request to kind of get these out. And t tell me how that works because part of this podcast is also to be able to share with aspiring musicians or people who are just 
kind of new to this, like what does it really mean to to get a song published? What does it mean to get it sold? Or so what? How, yeah. how are you working this? And you've been in the industry long enough, or at least in the Austin area, you know, long enough to kind of right. share with you know how you found success or yeah, where, I mean, you, where you might have failed. You know, it's tricky in all, in Austin because it's not like Nashville in that it's not known as a publisher town. Are you registered with ASCAP and all that stuff? Yeah, or, I mean, yeah. I do, you know, I, I'm with BMI and I mm -hmm. self-publish that I have done for years. Um, there's some licensing. It helps, you know, to get, you know, some extra money from royalties, mm -hmm. you know, through, through whatever BMI collects, you know, airplay or, you know, film, TV, whatever. But, um, but the, as far as writing, you know, for other artists, like in Nashville, where that's kind of the name of the game, you know, I haven't done a lot of that, but I, you know, have met some of these publisher guys that, you know, that's come, you know, once or twice a year that um, have gotten to know my music and, and, and they like it. And they're like, they know that I don't write, you know, Nashville uh, top 40 you know, so modern my, country. So how do, but so, they like my music, and they request you know that I send them stuff if I have anything new. Did, did you meet these so, folks through through going like South by Southwest, or was some it, of it, or was it uh, just open mics, or how, how did you how did um, you follow some to, of it from industry events? But um, lately, it's been through the Austin Songwriters Group, which and you got recognized by that group, right? You were right. part of it. I've you, been with them for a few years, and you know, done some of their competitions yeah because i think you won an award what wait, that was in 2016 or something yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i was you know their songwriter of the year award but um they do a bunch of stuff throughout the year but one of the main things is their um annual symposium that where they it's a songwriter conference where they bring as much as they can you know industry from all over but a lot of it tends to be uh, nashville you know which is cool like i said they they like my stuff enough to you know ask for it and see what where they can maybe place it but you know as you know i mean current nashville aesthetic is not what i do well i mean <laughs> i mean in in two words it's tough right in yeah general. it's always been tough yeah. but it's the nashville songwriting scene in the past i don't know going on maybe at least 10 15 years you know has been what would we call it baseball cap country you know, bro country, different and that's, versions of it. Well, that, well that's changing. That, you know, hopefully is changing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, There's it is. Americana I mean, we've always, we've always had Americana, but we've also had alt country, and, and you know, yeah. we have a, a birth of a yeah. folks who are kind of outside Nashville, you know, which kind of... I fit more in the Americana scene, but of course, yeah. that scene is mostly known for, you know, artists writing their own songs, so it's not yeah. as much publishing um, writing for different, you know, getting cuts. Which is, again, why you have to work so hard to, to be on stage or to get these gigs. Right. And so my question to you then, I mean, how do you define success? I mean, is it, I don't know that it's, you know, all money-driven, right? I mean, what, right. What, how do you feel about your career th at this point and what, what you've been able to, you know, it's a prolific catalog that you have. Everybody's, you've been described as, you know, being able to write a song, which is, I want to talk a little bit about, but, you know, but how do you, yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you... It's been good to build up a catalog. Yeah, sure. so yeah. I, one of the things I want to ask you now, how, yeah. how do you measure success <laughs> as, a, as a musician here in Austin? I may have played more different venues as a front person from my two bands over 
whatever, 25 plus years. I may have played more places, including private clubs, stores, you know, and you add them all up. I may have played more than anybody in the history of Austin, possibly, except maybe a side guy that plays, you know, when in a different band every night. Every, like tower, but, even the old Tower but, Records, you played the old Tower Records on the jazz. yeah, I probably did. Yeah. I mean, I've played, and I'm you know I've played whatever in Austin. You play everywhere. So that so that's you your know, measure. Of store success. openings, you know, convenience stores, convenience everything, stores. you know. So but awesome. but that's a that's a measure of great success, and also incredible failure. <laughs> you know, because it's like. Hey, if you measure it by being invited back to the same club every week or every month, and then it's like, well, yeah. I can't, I can't claim that as much. But okay, well, let me say, but, have you ever been banned from a place of all the places I mean, you played? You know, it, it really comes down to man. Half the places that I've played, of course, are no longer even around. So that's <laughs> that eliminates a good amount of them. You know, it's like okay, no, you're, you're not going to play like, there again, but. I don't see uh, rock star per performer, per, uh, you know, persona where you they say don't ever come back. I mean, you've never been banned. Have not you? really banned, but I'm. But of course, there's always clubs where you, you play that once and that's it. That's it. You never play the whether it's your choice, their choice, or they close for business. You know, a lot of them have closed. <laughs> but um, what would you say was your wildest stage? experience in all the years you've been playing so many places what you know there's been a few i mean i'm we played a private event with uh, rod stewart that's one of them um so the crooner yeah the, the yeah star. jazz <laughs> jazz gig and yeah. he was uh, was like the a standards you know a big expensive party and we played um it wasn't think, do you think i'm sexy years it was the whole it's Frank sinatra years right that, that he, yeah he was trying to do some he was doing his whole set, which yeah. is a little bit of the uh, his attempt at standards, and then his classics. Now, do you, now when so, you share when you share the stage, because like again, we didn't what, physically share the same the stage. Venue. Yeah, I mean, but we shared the but venue. We, yeah, yeah. Do you get do you get to really? Because I know Jeremy's told me this too. You don't always get to hang out with the headliners. You think yeah, back we in the green room, you'd be yeah, out there having fun. Some of their band members, not Rod Stewart, but we did get to hang with. You know, we played other gigs with, um, you know, Harry Connick and, and uh, guys like that. You yeah, know, he that, was uh, like he that. used to be uh, in town for a little bit. And did you get go to New but, Orleans for that too? Yes, we we would we would go to New Orleans and play with his father, wow. Harry Connick Sr. And um, what does he play in New Orleans? He he sings. He tries to be a you know jazz singer too, but he's not that great. But he's he gets a big crowd because he's famous. He was like the district As attorney. A senior. Yeah, so we played gigs with him, and um, he came here once, and he actually hired he hired us to be his band. And of course, Harry Connick Jr. was in town, and he got up and and played with us too. And now, you know, and now Harry, Harry's like hosting his own. TV I know. Show. Now he's got his own talk show. It's weird, but um. If my mom is listening right now, she's probably freaking out over that. She's she's in love with him. Harry Connick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, solo, I've played with, uh, got to do a cool show with uh, this guy, John Fulbright. And I became friends with this guy, Costas, who was a big-time Nashville songwriter um, in the 90s. He wrote a billion hits for people. And he we got, we got to co-write together and, and do a show, showcase. So I mean, if you look great. up the name Costas... Uh, he's wrote big, big hits in the 90s for 
Nashville. Exactly. That's, but, what, uh, that's why. That's why I love doing this because yeah. then you go down the rabbit hole of just listening yeah. to song. Yeah, after you song never know. Song. Yeah. You know, I find it interesting given your track record here in Austin. You've seen the scene change quite a bit. You know, from the '90s where we were dubbed the live music capital, even back back in the '70s, right? The Armadillo World Headquarters. We were the live music capital, but now it's not. It's it's changing the the landscape. And can you? You know, mm-hmm. you're a witness, you're an eyewitness to that. Describe to us what, you, yeah. what you've seen. Yeah, it's it's grown. It's still grown, growing, it seems. Um, you know, some people love to talk about the old days as like, that was the best. You know, we've lost the, you know, the glory days. But I I don't feel that way. I mean, I there's venues that have, you know, maybe gone away, but there's always new ones. Um, it was definitely smaller scene i was playing country gigs broken spoke i mean that's still going you know stuff like that continental club but then i think in the mid 90s uh it, the scene kind of exploded when all that money was coming in <laughs> and like the build uh, downtown was kind of reimagined and the warehouse district was exploding uh and then red river red river yeah i mean Which, red river for my for the indie rock scene and yeah. then the warehouse for the, the jazz yeah from for all that whole swing scene that now, was that was got got huge well do you think do you think though it's possible to like if, if a musician said i want to move to austin and in the live music capital does that still hold true would you give somebody that advice come yeah. to austin and I, you can I make still it here think so. a lot of people they're like you know the scene will never be the same and it's all like you know all the great gigs are gone but i no i think there's you know I have no problem with the way it's developed because I think there's cool gigs. I mean, you know, they're not all the most like biggest showcase gigs, but there's a ton of breweries and wineries and cafes that, you know, singer songwriters can still get gigs every week and, um, you know, make a little money. So it's it's still pretty active. How about how about session work? Do you, do you get do you get to do some of that or? Yeah, I mean, mostly my stuff, but I I do get. You know, I'll get called to play, you know, guitar here and there. Well, we were glad to have yeah. you today, man. Really, yeah, yeah. thank you for sharing. I think that I think, like I said, it was, it was a, a beautiful song. And 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 what are you? You? It sounded like you were recording recording an album right now. What are you working? Can you give us? Yeah, a it's almost done. In fact, it's about to be uh, mixed. Are you working so with your previous pr- producers or who's producing? Same this producer one? that I've been with uh, the last couple, Robert Harrison. Great. So. You know, he we've we've done we've worked well together, and and um, this will be our third record together. And he's producing, and yeah, he's been great to work with, and got an all star cast. And you know. are you uh, are you uh, is there a working title for it yet, or? No, nah, I'm tr- I'm trying to come up. I'm open to suggestions. All right. well, yeah, cool. sometimes the rain is not on it that's even newer yeah so that's so thanks yeah it'll be out this year for sure cool and then i've got some you know some cool stuff coming up south by southwest and um what's that time of the year so like i said we're we're really happy to have you in the podcast what did you think of the 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 task and working back on the quarter inch it was great yeah and i've used tape you know over over the year i mean most of my records have had some sort of tape presence like I've either in tracking or a lot in the mixing, 
Well, we de- we, de- we definitely dig it, man. And we, yeah, and, yeah, you know, I think we, maybe we can have you back. Maybe once the the new album is out, and maybe we can explore some of those For tunes sure. out there, and yeah. and have you play uh, maybe different some different guitars and share with us, you know, maybe some band members or whatever. But oh, we, yeah. we're glad Anytime. to have you. That was a very beautiful song, and I and there's a couple of other songs that, if you know, we're open to it, we might you know start sharing them. Those two, the other two that Feel you recorded. Free. Uh, uh, those those are really good. So Thanks uh, we're still working yeah. on the podcast format in the terms of like you know what we're going to make available. But that's the one thing that's different, I think, from the '90s, right? When, when we saw the MP3s coming out, and now everything is just so available. And so you know, it's it right. doesn't have to stay in the vault forever. It's just that the the plan is to to get some listeners right. going and, and tell us what you think, and and we're we certainly open to all that. So you know, uh, as as we get to record more and more Austin artists and uh, we hope that we can bring them back and they can keep sharing with us what, what they're working on so thank you for sharing and thank you guys for listening thanks so much alright man that's awesome see ya All right. peace out Sometimes the Rain was written and performed by Craig Marshall at our studio here in Austin, Texas this podcast was produced by Transit Mike performance audio engineer Jeremy Fowler Podcast audio and editing, Kyle Tomchesson. The four-track series was live-tracked on a quarter-inch reel-to-reel Tascam 44 tape machine using a vintage Tascam M35 soundboard donated by the family of Mike McCormick. For more information on our nonprofit organization, go to transientmike.org or click on the link below. If you would like to be a sponsor, feel free to contact us at info at transientmike.org. I'm your host, David Ventura Garcia. Thank you for listening. Get yourself a tape machine, you moron.